maybe we have this in common. Um, I am more than happy to have the discussion about using our military to intervene when one country attacks another and then murdering civilians. Uh, I, I am willing to have that conversation right after we have the conversation about the invasion of the United States across our southern border, and it is an invasion. Right after we stop the attempt of the party to hand our sovereignty over to the World Health Organization. And, and you can have your joyous dream that this is about health, if that makes you happy, but you're wrong, and all the proof shows you're wrong. I'm happy to have that conversation right after we talk about the attack on our energy uh, platforms, right after we talk about the supply chain issues we saw coming two years ago, but apparently only us, right after we talk about the attack on our children's minds and their souls. I'm happy to have the talk about all of this right after we take care of business at home. But this is a fascinating thing. The divide and it is so clear you put two people side by side. Mitchell McConnell, a party man, member in good standing of the party, and Chip Roy, a newcomer-ish from Texas. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now. From the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. I'm still absolutely buzzing from getting to hang out with you guys. And Julie and I are already beginning to talk about where we do this next. I have the discussion with uh, my pastor later this week about taking this type of presentation we did in Bothell to churches around the country. So all you guys who signed up to be volunteers and we haven't gotten back to all of you yet, hold on, we're about to ask for your help which is to take um, the sort of presentation we did in the separate country of Washington in the churches uh, around the country. Um, it's not really an effort to promote the cast. Uh, in fact, if you watch the speech, when we put up the subscription service coming up, you'll see I didn't mention the address of the cast. Um, I don't feel good about that, about doing that in a church environment. It's much more about bringing people who have been fans of the show politically or who don't even know I do the podcast, which is most of Russia's audience do, do not know that the podcast exists, which is one of the reasons we ask you to be really diligent, really aggressive, in fact, politely aggressive about sharing this podcast with your friends who love the Maha. Um, riding on Russia's uh, coattails, God love him, God rest him. Yeah, in a way but also wanting to bring his family the opportunity to hear God at the center and politics at the edges. So we're going to be doing that. This is all, this all happens because there's a team and some of the people on the team, like soda weight loss, um, they, they contribute money to the team and it's a win-win because we introduce you to them. That's been a very fruitful relationship. Uh, in fact, I just had some soda food this morning. It's sitting right here. I didn't steal it from my wife. She ordered some things to try and, and, and said, you, hey, these are good. You should try these. I did. Um, and they are good. They're great, actually. The war has been declared. In, in the minds of the party, the, 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 the concerns of the American people, Ukraine is nowhere near the top of people's concerns, it's, it's, it doesn't even enter in to the, to the near top 10 concerns, Ukraine. I am still, I've just, my breath is taken at how quickly those people in DC came to an agreement to open a blank check to Ukraine. 
And Steny Hoyer, Democrats, <laughs> a really funny story about Hoyer. There was a guy I met in um, when I was working in D.C. back in the uh, in 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 the pit of the beast, and there is a he was a black guy who was running against Hoyer. Really good guy, by the way, super cool guy. He did really well, um, given that Steny Hoyer, you know, gets to use the franking privileges and all the all the tricks in the trade of being an incumbent. They were doing um, they were getting ready for a debate, <laughs> and Charles told me. I can't remember his last name, but Charles told me that Steny Hoyer was uh, was kidney punching him because there was the 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 picture where you put your arm around your opponent, and we're all really friends. And in the case of Mitch McConnell and Steny Hoyer, that's true; they're dear friends. But um, Charles told me that that Steny Hoyer was kidney punching him, like just hammering on his right kidney. I said, "Why didn't you just step?" See, he's punching me. He goes, "Because he would have said, no, I wasn't." And I would have liked looked like the crazy guy. So I started the first couple of minutes of the debates, you know, recovering from a kidney punch. This is Steny Hoyer announcing the declaration of war. Oh, no, by the way, he's not president. Well, neither is Joe Biden, figurehead style. Um, no, no, he's not. And Steny Hoyer doesn't even get to be the figurehead, but he did make the announcement that this country is at war. I, w- I wish we'd get off this and really focus on the, on the enemy. I know there's a lot of politics here, uh, but we're at war. We need to produce energy. As I told you, in, uh, Code Point is now sending 80% reversing Asia uh, supply to European supply because they need it because we're at war. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, at war. Okay. Okay, um, that's going to take some adjusting because I thought... I thought we were just doing the proxy war thing. Huh. Want to know why I cannot get on board this? Well, here's an example. The National School Board Association drafted a letter (laughs) that called for the National Guard to be called out to school board meetings because the National School Board Association has convinced themselves that parents are domestic terrorists. Now we know that the FBI has been spying on parents, that Merrick Garland, the so-called, uh, you know, I'll just say it, the boss of the DOJ, they wanted the National Guard to come out. Next hour, we're going to talk about the fact that Christians had better understand something. The party is not going to leave you alone. And to our Jewish listeners, and and I know we have some Muslim listeners. I'm surprised by that. I shouldn't be, but I am. Um, they're going to come for you too. But the, the target is Christians. We're going to talk about next hour the fact that Christians need to get, the, the church needs to get into politics, but the church needs to make sure politics never gets into the church. And I'll explain that in in some vivid detail next hour. This just reminds me of this, that we can can continue to produce audio and video of teachers saying we're going to violate the will of parents, specifically on sexual grounds, which is a material of material interest when you're talking about a spiritual battle because Satan loves to use sex. So we're at war in Ukraine but it's the National School Board Association who perceives a almost a shooting war between them and parents. So they're calling out the National Guard. Now, they drafted that letter differently in second drafts. That, that wasn't contained. But this adds to the pattern of us versus them from D.C. Does anyone think... That, the, that, for instance, the Department of Homeland Security doesn't talk to themselves. D- does anyone think that the people at the Department of Homeland Security don't call meetings and don't have Zoom meetings? Does anyone think that the Department of Homeland Security doesn't have people looking into, um, you know, people who are crossing our border and, and spying on us and, or spying to get across the border? And 
Yeah, of course they have those assets. Now, right now, according to department to, to DHS cops, they're actually being used as Uber drivers for illegal immigrants. This is true. They've come out and said, we are being told we will drive illegal immigrants around the country and drop them off in cities without telling anybody. But, but we're at war and it's the border of Ukraine that matters. See, I'll have the conversation about war all day long. Right after we start saying, why are we enabling an invasion in this country? And I'm not saying that the the illegal immigrants coming around the country are going to come and fight a war and shoot at us. Although there's certainly a, a, a large number of criminals in that group. They don't need to. The attack against the United States of America is on every single front. Including destroying our economy emptying it, just raiding the treasury. So I said, do you think that the national, that people at the Department of Homeland Security don't talk to one another? Of course they do. But Nina Jankowitz, who was going to be the truth minister, she says that's why the truth ministry was created. So we're also at war against lies being perpetrated by the woman who is going to be in charge of calling us all liars, who says she's the adult in the room. First, just to start at ground level, like what was this thing uh, that that was announced and what was it going to do? Well, Chris, it was going to do exactly what you said. It, it, all these sensationalist narratives about what the board was, uh, what people thought the board was going to do are completely wrong. It was a coordinating mechanism. It was meant to, you know, make sure that the very large agency that is the Department of Homeland Security, that people were talking to each other within it. So- it's like, what was the experience of being the focal point of this sort of like massive frenzy like over the last few weeks? Well, it it was really overwhelming, Chris. I mean, frankly, you know, I have prided myself over my career of being a really nuanced, uh, reasonable person. Again, as I said, I've (laughs) I've briefed and advised both Republicans and Democrats. I admire some of the steps that the Trump administration even took to combat disinformation, including Senator Rob Portman and his bills against deep fakes and, you know, funding the Global Engagement Center at the State Department. So she's a Democrat donor. Uh, we talked yesterday on the show that, that sh- her name is attached to w- one of the most deep state ridiculous entities on earth. Uh, refer to yesterday's program for that information, the specifics. Um, that was a collection of academics and bureaucrats who existed to hive mind with one another um, and to simply back the party line. She's a woman who says it's disinformation that men are not women. That's disinformation. She's a woman who said that she should have the right to edit your tweets by adding context. She's everything about the truth ministry was about you. But yes, Denny Hoyer, we're at war for Ukraine, for their sovereignty, for their freedom of speech for their energy independence, for their right to conduct themselves as they see fit. We're at war with them, for them, for them. But we're certainly not at war around here, around D.C. when it comes to the the energy prices. See, this has been going on for so long that it's almost lost to institutional memory. And we could go back and play the sound clip of Barack Obama, who, in my judgment, is running all of this. I have the I'll have to find it because it's back from the radio days. I'll have to see if I can locate this. But back in the radio days, we had this great clip of Obama saying, uh, you know, people ask me uh, uh, if, 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 if I could just uh, operate behind the scenes and, and, and pull the levers and, and never leave. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably do that. He, he, yeah, he did it. He did it. So we could go back to the sound clip of Barack Obama uh, under under my plan. Uh, 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 the price of gas uh, and 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 uh, uh, oil will, will necessarily skyrocket. He spoke those words in San Francisco. This has been underway for a very 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 long time. 
That's how our friend Zach Abraham has been able to place investments in and around the attack on the energy supplies of the United States. They've said it. They want to make core energy more expensive. This war is happening. You heard Steny Hoyer say we need energy. You heard yesterday in the program, I hope you heard, the great analysis from a Canadian prime minister of one of the provinces there, Alberta, big, big oil province, stating the fact that that countries that produce oil, that is state-owned entities, they don't have to follow ESG score stuff. Only so-called private companies have to follow that. So the cost of oil for private companies would skyrocket, but not state entities. And where are we buying our oil now? It's not, it's not from the good guys. No, we can't buy it from Russia, so we have to buy it from Venezuela or, or from Iran and Iraq. Yeah, that's, that's sensical. That right there, that's about makes about as much sense as borrowing money from China, China that is attempting to destroy us and, and getting ahead of the game. The Secretary of the Interior, on oh, the five-minute focus, I said, of, of, uh, of energy. Secretary of the Interior, <laughs> Deborah Harland, she got to let her love light shine, her, her, her brilliance shine. She was talking about gas prices. Are they too high? This is Senator Barrasso. Ma- Ma- Madam Secretary, honest question. Do you believe that gas prices are too high? Senator, I I love the pause. Completely understand the crunch that so many Americans are under right now. I, um, I mean, I'm thinking back. I've been driving since I was about 18, so it's. I know that we've had other. You know, I remember back when there were lines out the gas stations and that kind of thing. Um, I think that there that Americans are still recovering from this terrible pandemic. And there are a lot of other world um, events that are making things difficult for all of us. So, so it sounds you're unwilling to say that gas prices are too high. <laughs> She's unwilling to say it. And I understand that she can't position it that way because then they've got the soundbite we want. But she could say something like this. If, hey, a lot of people are hurting. They're high. Are they too high? They're high. And then go on and blame corporate America for that. At least she didn't do that. But it's when Senator Manchin, (laughs) there's a moment, and I almost put the soundbite in, but it's just gobbledygook um, of a soundbite. But there's this incredible moment where she's speaking and there's like a 25, maybe 26-year-old staffer behind her furiously scribbling notes and then a piece of paper. And she's struggling to get a word out and because she's waiting for the statement. <laughs> I should have put it in. And he hands it to her. She acknowledges it and kind of changes her statement. These are the people running things. When was the last time you read about King Saul in the Bible? If you have an opportunity in, in your biblical reading, and if you're new to reading the Bible, go learn about King Saul. Uh, it's in the Kings, uh, portions of the, of the Bible. It's talking about the Kings. And, and Saul was the first king of Israel. And he was so good looking and so tall and God so typically a brilliant saying, oh, you want a king? All right, this guy will do. Why did God do that? Because he's saying, hey, he's as good as anybody at being king. You have a king, but you want to, okay. Saul was a buffoon. And, 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 and from the moment he began, it was, it was just utter buffoonery. And he just, he comes across as a dumb and egocentric man. We have a, a DC filled with souls. And ultimately, the Lord saw that, that, that Saul lost his kingship to David, who was much more from the heart of God. We need a David. Well, more specifically, we need people who are servant leaders. We have none of that. And you think of just you, the buffoonery. This woman is asked a question by Senator Manchin about an, a memo that her department put out attacking energy production at the same time as Steny 
Hoyer says. I, I wish we'd get off this and really focus on the on the enemy. I know there's a lot of politics here, uh, but we're at war. We need to produce energy. As I told you, in uh, Code Point is now sending 80 percent, reversing Asia uh, supply to European supply. And we're going to start giving our we're going to start tapping the strategic diesel reserves, which and there's not a lot of those. So even Steny Hoare admits we need energy. And he actually said producing it. Now he'll probably come back and say, oh, green energy. You know, wind and solar. So here is the Secretary of the Interior uh, being asked a simple question about a memo her department wrote. But maybe it's just the same 26-year-old staffer who's handing her handwritten memos during her uh, non-statements. Uh, if, if I may, real quickly, Secretary Holland, I don't know. Did, did you all just put out a statement. The U.S. Department of Interior just put out a statement. And the statement basically says a proposed program is not a decision to issue specific leases or to authorize any drilling or development. This is from y'all's office. So it looks like you are on to shut everything down. Did you know you all put this? I, I, I am. I am sorry. I, I am sitting in this hearing and and not. <laughs> My God, somebody <laughs> shuts it down. It shows what your intent is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ah, sometimes it's amusing and sad and tragic and biblical all rolled into one. Try that in a meeting at work. Your boss asks you a question. Um, so how are the cogs looking? I know we made some changes in manufacturing. What are the cogs like? I'm sitting in this meeting. What? I'm sitting here in this meeting. <laughs> Chip Roy answers in a second. You got to hear Chip Roy. I'm starting to really dig Chip Roy. Uh, there are very few times. This, see, this is as a, as a podcast host. This is so good for me. I know it's all about me. It's all about Todd. Oh, by the way, someone asked me about the event we did in Bothell. Hey, how come there was no VIP experience? I would have paid more money for that. We don't do that. Just, we, I cannot stomach. I, I get, I feel guilty when people wait in line to see me. I, it dry, I'm still having nightmares about a guy I made eye contact with and didn't get to shake his hand. I only say that. Why is it self-serving? Am I serving myself? I, I hope not. You know, as a host, oh, that's right, because I'm saying it's all about me. Um, as a host, this is so simple. And I want you to hear how easy this is. I want to start with something you can do right now with American Financing at AmericanFinancing.net with a phone call or a website visit to AmericanFinancing.net. You can sign up for a free mortgage review. All right. So, well, wait a minute. Maybe you don't have the upfront fees. They don't charge upfront fees. They don't do that. They're a 20-year-in-business, successful, family-owned national mortgage bank, family-owned. So they make the decisions. I've been in a case, and probably you have too, where you've had unique income circumstances. Well, for instance, I've had the bad where, no, no, that's not, that's not my debt, that's my dad's. They decided to put it under my name, pretending I used to use my dad's name. And I had to go through the credit report. And I finally got that taken off. But in the case of, of, of American financing, they treat everybody like an individual. I've also had it on the good side. I thought. I had this year where, man, we did so well. I earned 1% or level money. And the next year, my income went down and we were doing something, refinancing or something in the house. And they said, oh, you need to explain why your income dropped. Well, because not everybody makes a million point five a year. It was a, it was a record setting year for me. And yeah, we didn't do that this year or anything near that or even ever, ever, ever close to that. Well, American financing is family owned. They make the decisions. They can do a refinance for you in as little as 10 days. And please hear this. The cash out refinance right now might be the cushion you need as they are slow pedaling the collapse of the economy. You could save up to a thousand bucks a month. It might be that you use that money to pay down really high interest rate bills. It might be that you invest what you save like a thousand bucks a month and invest it wisely and turn it into even more. In 20 years, you're talking about a quarter million dollars, guys, in savings. So here's the phone number. It's 
866-887-2275. That's 866-887-2275. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. A-plus to the Better Business Bureau, stellar, 6,700 stellar Google Plus reviews. They were worth rush, God rest them, for a decade. AmericanFinancing.net, 866-887-2275. NMLS 182334, NMLSConsumeraccess.org. So Chip Roy has drawn my attention on a lot of fronts. Still haven't heard anybody really take on Big Pharma. Still waiting for this. Well, there's a couple who've who've hinted at it. Still waiting for the big, brave Republican to draw Big Pharma into a hearing. We'll talk about that next hour. So Chip Roy went to the floor of the House. And he made a statement about Ukraine that I think speaks for a lot of us. I have all sorts of empathy uh, for the people in Ukraine. Who I can't imagine being in a circumstance where you have to explain to your family, we have to run because they're trying to kill us. Well, what did we do? Well, we live here. That's, that's what they're doing. Um, but it's the, it's, it's the stack ranking of concerns. Here's, here's Chip Roy. I support Ukrainians, but I represent Americans. And Americans want to stand alongside Zelensky and push back on Putin. But they want us to do our job responsibly. And when I hear the majority leader of the other party say, quote, a time of war. When I sat with the majority leader in a rules committee meeting upstairs and he said, we're at war. And I'm wondering when we voted to go to war. If people, if we're going to have a proxy war and we're going to give $40 billion to Ukraine because we want to look all fancy with our blue and yellow ribbons and feel good about ourselves, maybe we should actually have a debate in this chamber, a debate in this body, because the American people expect us to do that. When the border of this country is wide open and cartels have control of it and fentanyl is pouring in and we have $30.5 trillion of debt and gas prices are spiking and $1,100 to fill a tank of diesel, And we go, oh, blank check, $40 billion. And by the way, I'm looking at my colleagues on this side of the aisle on that same point. I'm glad he's calling out his colleagues. We need more calling out of colleagues. As you treat the least of these, so you treat me, said the Lord Jesus in Matthew. True. True. We can support Ukraine in a number of ways. Well... We could make these loans. We could make these these monies loans. We could reduce the money. We could use different. In fact, Rand Paul said all of this. the The amount of money that we're spending here, and and they've they've called it a down payment. Rand Paul referenced they did $40 billion before lunch. After lunch, they want to come and agree to another $48 billion. We simply don't have this money. We are a debtor nation. And the Bible is so often talks about don't go into debt. Sometimes in our economy, it's unavoidable. I had the greatest peace of mind in my life. When we were debt free and then the move to Idaho and there's a whole story behind that. And so now I have some debt. It drives me nuts. You know, we're blessed that we could pay the debt off, but it doesn't make any sense given the balance sheet. But I'm not, I don't have the debt in our structure, nor do you, that the United States does. We do not have this money. And, and Rand Paul makes the point of many ways to structure all this. Like an honest structuring, like if this is so popular. Those senators who voted to gift $40 billion to Ukraine argue that it is in our national security interest. I wonder if Americans across our country would agree if they had been shown the costs, if they had been asked to pay for it. If the supporters of foreign aid for Ukraine had been honest with Americans, they could have instituted a Ukraine war tax. I'm sure it would have been quite popular. By my calculation, each income tax payer in our country would need to pay $500 to support this this $40 billion, which by some accounts is a down payment 
and will need to be replenished in about four months. So a $500 tax to every American income taxpayer would pay for this. But that's not the way things are done in Washington. What we do is say, put it on my tab. We don't want to be honest. We don't want to be transparent with the taxpayer. We just add it to the debt. There are so many ways to, to, to get an actual revolution in this country, and the party is dead set against it. Mitch and his dear, dear friend, Steny Hoyer, and their dear friend, Kevin McConnell, and Kevin McConnell's dear, dear friends, Nancy Pelosi and Liz Cheney, and all the dear friends amongst the dear friends of friends and colleagues across the aisle who are their close and personal friends and their dear colleagues with whom they have disagreements, but they're all patriots and they all, all serve patriotism. Every single one of them has at the heart of concern, this country first, after Ukraine, right? after Ukraine, well, and the World Health Organization, because you got to care about them and and donors. Well, and pharma, because, you know, without pharma, well, plus then the liberal media, because you got to gain their, you know, you got to be a darling to the liberal media and gain their agreement. And, and you know, well, plus, well, come on, they're friends in D.C. You got to have that. But then, but right there, right after that, you get to America, right after that. And then somewhere down the list is respect for God. Down there. Somewhere. There's so many ways to have a positive revolution. Have you ever wondered what on earth exactly would it take to get people to wake up to the fact that we're a debtor nation? I said it. I'll say it a thousand times. Send a bill. Send a bill to every taxpayer for their share of the national debt and their projected share of unfunded liabilities. Our unfunded liabilities, this is monies we have promised to give people, is about $300 trillion. There's 330 million Americans. That's about, and, and how many taxpayers? Uh, about 100 million. So $300, $300 trillion divided by 100 million Americans. Send the bill. Hey, here's your 10 trillion you owe. When can we expect payment? Or, or just do the 30 billion dollars in debt? Or 30, pardon me, 30, 30 trillion in debt. Just do the 30 trillion in debt. And someone's going to correct my math and I know better to do math lifetime. You want another way to do it? You want another way to cause an economic-based revolution? I mean, Rand Paul's talking here about the war. We'll get back to Rand Paul because he makes another great point about the economy being attacked, utterly, utterly attacked, but we've got all this money for Ukraine. Want another way to cause a positive economic revolution or economic-based revolution? I'll tell you about that in a second. So simple. Requires a change in the tax code that can be done, I think, at the executive level. I don't even think it requires an act of Congress. No, actually, I take that back. Probably does. So this morning, uh, my wife let me taste some of the food from Soda Weight Loss, S-O-T-A weightloss.com. She ordered some foods to try and I got to try some. So weight loss and dropping unwanted fat and the importance of food being provided to you. Well, it's not scalable in the long run, right? I mean, you can't forever go buying food prepackaged for yourself. You need to be able to cook from the grocery store. Check Soda Weight Loss. Um, cooking videos, recipes, uh, classes. You, you can you can learn so much from the website. You can learn from your nutritionist. My wife asked a specific question because she was having a thing with her skin. And my wife has beautiful skin. And she said, hey, I wonder if my nutritionist at Soda Weight Loss would help me with this. And eh, well, I mean, you're there to drop unwanted fat. May as well just talk nutrition. And so she gave the lady a call. The lady said, oh, wow, I'm sorry to hear you're going through that. Actually, as a nutritionist, I would recommend the following. And, and she made some changes to her diet and boom. Thank the Lord for, for great knowledge that, that corrected itself. So the importance of little foods like I have today, like I've tried today, are making sure that you start the day with the right macronutrient level for you. You're going to be different from my wife. You know, when I took off 95 pounds, ultimately 150, but when I took off 95 on a structured protocol, well, it was because I was treated like an individual. So the weight loss does this. 
They treat you like an individual. So the foods that arrive are key to you being able to drop the unwanted fat from your body on the timeline they lay out. Now, why is the timeline important? Because what soda weight loss is going to do is you're going to look at the amount of fat you need to drop from your body to get a healthy weight that you can sustain. They're going to divide that out into weeks. And they're going to say, hey, we want you to lose this much fat per week. Why? Because if you go over that amount, you'll put your body in shock. It will stop losing weight. Truly, it'll lock down. It'll become very, very difficult. They're perfect at walking that perfect line. Join my wife and a whole bunch of listeners of this program on the Soda Weight Loss Plan. It's Soda, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com, sodaweightloss.com. So Rand Paul was not done talking about um, ways to fund this. There's other ways to do it. We could loan this money to Ukraine. They, they're, they're not without money. They had enough money to, to, for Hunter Biden to be setting up biolabs over there. They have oil resources. That's one of the things Russia may want. Zelensky himself is a multi, multi-millionaire. It's said to be in the, in the range of a couple hundred million bucks. He's got money. There's all sorts of Ukrainian oligarchs. They've got money. But no, 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 it needs to be America footing most of the bill on this. So Rand Paul continued his statement. We could have also taken the $40 billion from elsewhere in the budget. We could have said, well, we spend $770 billion on our military, and that $770 billion is more than the next eight countries combined. We could have taken it out of our military budget. If it's in our national security interest, perhaps it could be a military expenditure. But no, we don't want to tax the people. We don't want them to know that there is a payment or a punishment for this. We don't want to take it from somewhere else where somebody else is getting rich off of this money. No, what we do is we simply borrow it. Put it on my tab is what Congress says. So yes, that's what will happen. So when Americans go to the grocery store, they will pay yet again higher prices. When Americans go to the gas pump, they will spend even more for their gas because there is no free lunch. 40 billion cannot be created out of thin air, although it sort of is by the Fed. Yeah, it sort of is. Just put some digits on the spreadsheet. If you want to have an economic revolution since our economics are under attack and our economic structures are under attack and our treasury is being raided and it's all happening right here in front of us and the party does a brilliant job of, of oh, well, we just, we can't, uh, American people expect us to fund every war in the world. Here, um, restructure the tax law. This will change things. Restructure it. When you run a business and you have to pay quarterly taxes and you have to write a check, it stuns people. The first time they actually pay taxes and actually see the money, it stuns them. I once showed my daughter because she was talking about, she had gotten some people, you know, accusing us of being rich and, oh, well, you know, fair share. And, and she was concerned about this and do we pay our fair share? And, and I, well, what does that mean? And I got out my tax bills and showed her f- from that ridiculous year where we, <laughs> uh, that, that insane, incredible year where God blessed us with all that money. And, and I didn't recognize it as God's blessing at the time. Oh, Father God, I'm so sorry. Um, and I got that out. And I showed it to my daughter and, and she was, uh, how old was she? Uh, 10. She was furious. <laughs> She had to get up and walk away from the table. Was furious. And she goes, why did you give that to them? (laughs) I had no choice. (laughs) Or men with guns would come and solve the problem for them. Send it. Stop the withholding tax. It's the biggest swindle of the party. It's how they get to continue to assault our kids' minds. It's how they continue to get to pay themselves these obscene amounts of money to do their insider trading. The, the, the income, the, the withheld income tax, tax withholding is the very linchpin of this whole thing. You stop withholding the taxes and you send people a bill at the end of the year. Because right now we pay our taxes in advance when people get the tax refund. Guys, that money's a year old or, or maybe two years old. 
depending on when you get it. If the uh, taxpayers in America began getting, you know, a, a bill for $50,000 or $65,000, hey, we need you to write, and it has to be, you have to pay it. You have to stroke a check and put your name on it and send it to them. Hey, okay, here you go. Here's $65,000. In about five seconds, people start to say, wait a minute, how much do we pay senators? And you look at it this way. Yeah, you paid a third of the 175 grand some of these people earn out of your own pocket. And all of a sudden, you'd have a whole number of people being now not just, well, instantly fiscal conservatives, but then they'd be looking at it and saying, wait a minute, we're paying for, for so-called sex chain surgeries for Taiwanese prostitutes? Wait a minute. You're taking my money? To try to install the transgender scam, that swindle, that myth in Africa? Why are you doing this? Well, because they're held in evil. They're in bondage. The Apostle Paul said he was a bondservant of Christ. And what that means is that um, in, the, in the, the, what the phrase bondservant meant to him was he was, yeah, he's a servant, choosing to serve. There was under the um, Jewish law, there was a law that you had to have a year of Jubilee where you let your servants have a choice to leave. I think it was every seven years that they got to leave um, being your servant. And they could have become your servant either economically, you loaned the money and then to pay it back. They, they did that or they were given to you by their family or, or acquired. Um, it was a different time. And every seven years, the Jewish people had to let their servants have the opportunity to leave. And if they fled, they had to arm them with things. They had to give them stuff. They had to make sure that the servants were well considered and can go now be on their own in society and, and, and be self-sustaining. And there were people who began, they loved the families and they said, I'm going to stay behind. I don't want to leave. I want to continue to serve this family. I'm very comfortable here. I like this lifestyle. I'm well treated. It's like a job. It's like a job and I live here. It's like a, a company town. If they did that, then the, the owner or the, the boss would, the, the servant would put their ear up against the door jam of the house and the homeowner, uh, the head of the family would, would stab through the ear and into the door jam. And it meant, okay, I'm now a bond servant. I choose to be this. The apostle Paul said he was a bond servant of Christ Jesus. Who are they bond servants to? Who will they not stop serving? If you ever wonder who's in charge, determine who's not, who you're not allowed to criticize. Who are they serving? I guess we could quote Bob Dylan, you gotta serve somebody. Gotta serve somebody. He said it was either Satan or God. You gotta serve somebody. Mitch McConnell gets his turn to talk back. He went and joined Brett Bear. I, I, I don't know Brett Bear, and I should be fair because they don't watch Fox News. I, well, no, that's not true. I, it's right here. Obviously, I watch it, but I don't have TV, and I, I, I watch clips. I read. I got to sit down with Tim Cruikshank from Bonefrog Coffee. The crazy thing is Tim and I have been working together now for six months. We've talked on the phone many times. We've shared some really deep stuff about our families um, and about Tim's family. And, and I won't get into specifics because it's Tim's story to share. But man, I would ask you that you pray for Tim's family. All right, truly, truly, please add Tim Cruikshank and his family to your prayers. And it was so interesting because, you know, my 25-year Navy veteran, Navy SEAL, he walks into the room. First time I've met him in person. He'd be the last guy you'd think is a Navy SEAL. Because <laughs> my sin problem is such that if I had ever been anything like a Navy SEAL, I'm very scared and walk into a room going, hey, I'm a Navy SEAL. How you doing? Navy SEAL over here. I think I'd be really tempted to do that. But nothing like that. Absolutely humble. And I asked him, hey, could you give a prayer? We had a change in the program in Baltimore. Could you give a prayer and... And lead us in the national anthem and introduce the ladies going to sing the, uh, or lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance and introduce the ladies going to do the national anthem. He said, sure. Yeah, I'm glad to. You know what the like third thing, third or fourth thing he said was his name. Up in front of a thousand people, 
you know, starting a coffee company. He said a whole bunch of things before he even said, oh yeah, by the way, I'm Tim Cruikshank from Bone Frog Coffee. On the bag of every Bone Frog Coffee, whether it's the dark roast, the medium roast, and I've never before liked a light roast. I love the Zen roast from Bone Frog Coffee. Uh, my favorite is Frogman roast. So whatever roast, whatever the delivery system from K-cup to, to drip uh, to espresso uh, to French press, whatever is your delivery system. Every bag says God Country Team. I witnessed that. The most amount of time Tim spent on that stage was praying to God Almighty. And he did it because um, the Pledge of Allegiance came next. He did that all God country because the team asked him, hey, Tim, could you step up? I know there's a lot going on in your life, but we had a change. We need someone to do this. He did it for the team. Do you get 5% off a lifetime subscription to this incredible roast of coffee? Because it really does come down to the product. It's the best I've ever had. It's bonefrog.us. Bonefrog.us. You think Mitch McConnell would be okay having Americans write a check for their taxes? Well, and if you, maybe not the check. Okay, so a lot of people don't have $65,000 sitting around to pay their taxes. Now you could take it out of your own check and you could have it put into an account and you could have it sit there and earn interest for you or invest it for you in something that's a safe investment. So you're not going to lose it all. So you can turn around and give it to the government. But then again, um, they're worried that we don't know how to set up accounts. Well, because we're told all the time from Democrats, black people can't set up bank accounts. What are you talking about? How's a black person going to figure out how to set up a bank account? They don't have ID. So black people can't figure out how to get an ID. You got to show the blacks. You got to go get it for the blacks. That's the Dems. That's the Democrats, leftists. I don't see Mitch McConnell saying, hey, let's send people a receipt for their tax money. Let's have every single American at the end of the year get a receipt saying a taxpayer, you paid $65,000 in taxes. Congratulations. And then to people who don't pay taxes, Send them notice. Your neighbors paid this much in tax. You paid zero. Thank them. Express some gratitude. Uh, no, I don't see Mitch backing anything like that. Mitch is a party man. He is plenty, plenty happy in D.C., plenty happy with the way things are going. He went on uh, Brett Bear's program to talk about um, us. And Ukraine, and, and the reason it's so very important that, that we care so, so much about Ukraine. The MAGA influence on the Republican Party is becoming all too large and all too dominant. This is a theme now, the MAGA, the ultra MAGA. But in reality, to push back or have concerns about $40 billion, Josh Hawley, for example, Senator, said, tweeted out, spending $40 billion on Ukraine aid, more than three times what all Europe has spent combined, is not in America's interest. It neglects priorities at home. The border allows Europe to freeload, shortchanges critical interests abroad, and comes with no meaningful oversight. Rand Paul suggested that the $40 billion should be a loan. There are concerns about it, but how Senator Schumer characterized it, how do you react to it? Yeah, what Schumer said is political nonsense. Uh, my colleague, Senator Paul, has always been basically an isolationist. He's proud of it and believes that's where America ought to be. That is a tiny percentage of the Senate Republican Conference. We only had 11 votes against the package. I predict we will have even fewer votes opposed to the admission of Finland and Sweden into NATO. There's always been a strand of isolationism in our party, but it's not anywhere near the dominant view which was expressed in the vote that we had today and will be expressed again when we vote on the admission of Finland and Sweden into NATO. That's it, the dominant view. That's why I'm not on board. There's no dominant view that teachers should not be calling the National Guard on parents. There's no dominant view that, that is, in fact, sexual grooming going on in our schools. Not always for the interest of pedophiles who want to be able to rape kids more freely, but sometimes. But always because these so-called teachers have been absolutely hypnotized by political correctness 
although it's not political correctness, it's actually something called um, repressive tolerance, which is an old time leftist tactic inspired by political correctness, which was invented in another country. We'll talk about that next hour. There's no unanimous consent on that. There's no unanimous consent that we're a debtor nation, that our treasury is being raided. There's no unanimous consent that our borders matter and should matter more to us than Ukraine. There's no unanimous consent that Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi need to answer questions about why they refused extra security for January 6th and then turned around and screamed insurrection together at the same time with the same words. There's no unanimous consent that we need to get to the bottom of how many FBI agents um, were infiltrated in the Jan 6 crowd and helped cause that to happen. There's no unanimous consent that the Department of Justice having the FBI monitor and spy on parents who went to school board meetings is Chinese Communist Party garbage that does not belong in this country. There's no unanimous consent that Dropbox is set up 30 days before an election funded by an oligarch of our own, Mark Zuckerberg, who hates the American construct and says one thing in person about the mRNA shots and one thing in private. In private, he says they're dangerous and overwrite your DNA, which in fact has turned out to be true. If you believe this in vitro city from Japan that showed just that. There's no unanimous consent that Big Pharma is killing far too many people with these useless, medically obnoxious injections and that they knew that. There's no no concurrence on that. There's no mass agreement on that. There's no mass agreement that the government of the United States is far too big and far too corrupt in just about every corner that you can possibly imagine. There's no unanimous consent on the fact that members of the media are in full-on participation with people who want to take this country down. There's no unanimous consent that the World Health Organization, co-owned by Bill Gates and the Chinese Communist Party, is not someone to whom we should turn over sovereignty, even if it is not an actual treaty and only an accord that we don't have to follow. There's no unanimous consent that it was probably a Supreme Court justice who loosed the ruling or the the draft of the ruling out to the rabid wolves. There's no unanimous consent on any of this, but dang it, when it comes to defending Ukraine, Mitchell McConnell gets to say and expects this to give us comfort that uh, most most, most D.C. agrees on this. Uh, American people understand uh, uh, majority of of, of party members agree on this and, and we're the ones uh, in the part, after, after all, we keep you safe uh, and you just send us your money. It doesn't give me any comfort, Mitchell. It doesn't give me any comfort at all. Tucker Carlson spoke to Chip Roy. Ukraine's borders are not just more important than our borders, but they're so much more important that they're spending 10x protecting Ukraine than what they're spending protecting this country from fentanyl pouring in and human trafficking, because that's what they care about. Chip Roy is the man you just saw from Texas. He joins us tonight. Congressman, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Um, so wh- you are one of relatively few to say this. I, I think you're probably speaking for the majority of your constituents, are you not? Yeah, no question, Tucker. I've gotten nothing but uh, positive feedback from all the people that I represent in Texas who are just sick and tired of business as usual in Washington. And look, you you posed the question to senators. Look, I had five hours to make a decision about that bill. I didn't think it was that hard. You posed a question to senators that, you know, asked them to come on your show to defend the vote. Did any of them take you up on it? Not one. Not one. Yeah, of course not. Because it's indefensible to fund $40 billion unpaid for at a time of rampant inflation in our country. In effect, you're basically pouring $5 gasoline on the runaway fire of inflation for the men and women who uh, you're working hard throughout this country. And the senators are now hiding behind saying, oh, $40 billion isn't that much money, Tucker. $40 billion isn't that much money. And you know what they're saying? They're saying, take a leap of faith and make sure that we put our faith in the brass at the Pentagon, the same brass that walked out of Afghanistan leaving $85 billion of equipment behind, walked away from Bagram, the same brass that told us two months ago that Kiev would fall in a week. Why are we following that? Uh, The Senate should be ashamed of itself uh, passing a $40 billion unpaid for bill uh, while the American people are suffering with rampant inflation. Right. He said it brilliantly. Laid it out brilliantly. It's the stack ranking of objectives. It is. I've made the case many times uh, that DC operates in evil and that they can't see it. And I stand by that statement. But evil hides 
so well in the darkness that sometimes it's tempting to think it's never going to come out and that we're never going to really get to see it. Well, we're being shown it. And I continue to say, and I hope that you'll hear me if you hear nothing else in the show, when I tell you that, that we have the Lord to thank that he has shown us this, that he's allowing us to see this, that he's allowing us to be able to share it, to make these decisions. I've said before on the show that one of the things, and this will sound unrelated, I promise it's directly related to what we're talking about. I promise. Um, I've said that many times for men who, and sometimes women, which is so bizarre that this is beginning to happen, who have porn problems. I know. Whoa, uncomfortable. He said it. Yeah, I said it. Because someone's watching it. That one of the ways I think people can cure themselves of having a porn problem is by knowing this. That some of the sex you think you're watching is actually rape. You're watching someone's daughter be raped. The thing I think people can do, men or women, is when you begin watching porn, just take a look at the picture of your kids. And then remember this, that God is watching. And I know, I know that's Catholic guilt and, and I'm not even Catholic, but God is watching. And he is anxious to forgive. And the reason I mentioned the fact that a lot of those videos contain rape and, and often rape of children, very few people can stomach that. You know, I'm a man, I'm a male, I'm adult, I'm an, an adult human male. That means man, or it's the definition of man. I have used porn when I was a young man. I haven't for decades. Because of that, someone told me, and I looked up the statistics and said, dear God, I'll never look at this stuff again, ever. And I haven't, that I won't. And if you will cast your thinking that way, that God is always watching, then know this, that there's something that's been going on. And this happened in Oregon. I reported on this nearly a decade ago. This goes on in Oregon. It goes on in some cities in California. My understanding is it goes on in New York. This is a woman named Catherine Glenn Foster, Americans United for Life CEO. She's testifying and she testifies here about a power source in Washington, D.C. that took me to mind of the stories of Nero, the biblical stories of Nero burning Christians for lamp posts or for lamp lights. He was emperor during the apostle Paul's imprisonment. Nero was a universally viewed as evil, not universally, but nearly universally viewed as evil. Um, that there are people who believe that there was the reference to Nero. 666 was referencing Nero as the Antichrist. It probably wasn't. And that the Antichrist is someone to come. But he was an unbelievably evil and vile and violent man. Um, and he was said to burn Christians alive to light the city paths. He blamed the burning on Roman Christians, which is you know ludicrous, given that the apostle Paul was, of all things, probably the most pacifist of all the apostles. And he was the one doing the Roman outreach. But this woman here, Catherine Glenn Foster, this is a really tough quote that it's going to seem like bad news, but it's, it, it is and it's not. It is and it's not. Abortion activism always requires euphemism and misdirection. Why? Because of the violent nature of abortion. Because it is, frankly, inconvenient. Human persons from their earliest days, poisoned in the womb and dismembered, torn limb from limb. Bodies thrown in medical waste bins and in places like Washington, D.C., burned to power the lights of the city's homes and streets. Let that image sink in with you for a moment. The next time you turn on the light, think of the incinerators. Think of what we're doing to ourselves so callously and so numbly. And the darkness did not overcome it. A light shined in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. A light has been shown on our financial system. And the Bible says 
Do not enslave people with money. Do not, New Testament, do not put your hands on the scale. Do not murder. The Bible is very clear. Do not lead the children astray from the Lord for better for a millstone to be hung around your neck. The Bible is very clear. Thou shalt not lie. The Bible is very clear. Times like these will come where people choose their own teachings that match their desires. People say, I want to have sex with kids as we played the sound bits and we'll get into this next hour because it's official. There's an official organization and it's not the, not the one that's existed forever. Now normalizing grown-ups sexually satisfying themselves in the bodies of children. The Lord is shining a light in the darkness and they cannot overcome it. And we, as people who choose to save souls, have the opportunity to say, here is a side you could follow. This is the side that does what it thinks is right. Here's the results. Here's what you can see across every fulcrum point of our society. Or you could take a look at the flawed, imperfect, sometimes accidentally hypocritical Christians who are not doing these things. And when we err and we sin, we ask forgiveness and we repent. Choose your side. That's hour one, hour two. Speaking of that, yes, the church needs to be in politics, but politics can never be allowed in the church. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and yes, let's spend some time truly on our knees. Right? I've gotten lazy with prayer, sometimes waking up and laying there and praying to the Father God. I need to get on my knees in a proper prayer, like a proper way to ask someone to marry. Let's all spend some time on our knees.